Welcome to another episode of Sweetness and Light, featuring me, Eric Mark, and and me, Justin, aka Justy. How are you, dude? You know, I'm pretty good, thanks. I think probably better than you, judging from what what I hear about your uh, your recent travails. In fact, for you know, for our listeners, uh, we had to cancel or at least postpone an episode because uh, Justy uh, shattered the cartilage on his lower ribs. <laughs> All very true and a incredibly dumb injury. So um, first of all, great to talk to you and thanks to, to all our audience. So let me tell you just a brief quickly how this happened. So last Thursday, a week ago today, um, we were in Saratoga Springs, New York for a wedding and we flew in, got there late. It was like 730, eight o'clock at night. And one of Kelly's uncles is this huge guy named Roland. And we were late and he like, and he gives, if you don't, ever got a hug from him he gives these like gigantic bear hugs that are like only a german could give like you know <laughs> like something a russian i think could do really well too like you know those kind of countries that just the strong embrace and so he hugged me at like this weird angle and like squeezed as hard as he could and something popped in my room wow i swear oh to god. god and i'm just like oh god kelly i gotta sit down and she's like what's wrong i'm like i think he broke my wrist <laughs> and she's like no he didn't <laughs> That's like, like that's like that's like cartoon kind of stuff. Like I mean that 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 that's that's literally bear hug in like you know in some type of, or, or or a Flintstones cartoon or something. Oh, it, it was it, it is that. And at first, you know, I, I anything anytime something pops in your rib cage, yeah. it's, it's always a jarring thing, right? Um, and the worst part was like it was the start of the rehearsal dinner, so we had like four oh hours gosh. to go. So I'm sitting there and I'm like. This is just getting more and more painful. So anyways, I fight through it and I pass out that night, but I don't sleep on my left side. Yeah, Wake sure. up the next day and I'm like, you know, it's, you know, maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was fine. I, re- I reach down to pick up Jackson, my youngest son, off the floor because he was sleeping in an arrow bed and I picked him up and I thought, and you hear this like crack sound again. Oh. And I fall to the floor. I'm like, oh my God, I think he broke my rib. Anyways, <laughs> long story short. I finally went to the doctor because I had to go through the whole weekend. Didn't want to go to a doctor out there. Yeah. It's this little tiny small town, right? So I go to the doctor here and she's like, oh, yeah. Was it making a popping sound? Oh. Like, yeah. And she's like, oh, that's cartilage. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and what's happening is every time you do that, you're tearing the cartilage. Uh. So I have three loud ones that I can remember, which means I have three separate tears. The good news is that basically what I do is I just put my arm in a sling and as long as I don't move my left side a whole lot, it should heal fairly quickly. And so the prognosis for healing is basically like, I guess the diagnosis for healing is uh, like a week from now, I should be 50% better. And then it'll take a full six weeks to be a hundred percent. Wow. Okay. But that's, that's still promising. Yeah. I, um, you know, I know when I've cracked ribs in the past and stuff, yeah, there isn't really much you can do, you know, I mean, there's just like, you can, you can sort of tape up your, 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 chest if you want but you don't even have to do that you know i mean it's just it is about trying to just keep it uh, as as motion free as possible and uh, and uh and not 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 exerting or stretching or anything but um sounds like a similar uh similar prescription for the uh the cartilage but that's no fun i will tell you i had you know much of my life it doesn't happen much anymore but um where you know the two sides of your ribs come together you know up near the solar plexus um I had some popping sound there, and they said, "Yeah, it was. It wasn't that I was tearing cartilage, but I had. It was just all. It was sort of loose right there." Hello, hello, Eric. Hello, hi, Justin. welcome. <laughs> this is Kelly. Justin wanted me to jump in. Um, y- you're playing the part of Justin today. 
Yes, much better. Absolutely. Already, already the show's improved 100%. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Justin says I'm not talking into the microphone correctly. Um, I just came to jump in to tell you that I'm married to a fool. <laughs> well, that story, um, as I was saying, I've, I've never heard of anything like that except in a, uh, in an, a, you know, a cartoon usually with animated bears or something. Or the Flintstones. <laughs> yes. And um, he's ridiculous because when he's hurt, he will never take care of himself. <laughs> uh, my uncle, when we were at the wedding, um, like picked him up to say hello. And like he gave me like a giant hug. He's like this giant <laughs> German man. He's like 6'5". And he picks me up and gives and squeezes me. And he picks me up and squeezes my mom. And he picks <laughs> up Seth. And he picks up the kids. And then he picks up Justin. And I guess Justin is a little too delicate. Because he's <laughs> Apparently. He squeezes Justin and his rib pops. Wow. He, he tore cartilage. That's just unbelievable. So, yeah, the woman and children first because they're the tough ones. And then then they send in Justy at the end. He's like hoping I don't have to, he doesn't have to do it. And, and, and of course, the, the worst pot with the worst happens. Amazing. <laughs> so then the whole weekend, he's like, oh, oh, ah, oh, ah. And then you can't hug him or anything. And then he's like, damn it, Roland. Damn it, Roland. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then uh, you know, but then he won't take care of himself. You know, he still insists on like picking up the bags and picking wow. up the kids. And then we come home and he's like can barely sleep. He rolls over and he's like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And, and then he, then I get up and he's like, I'm like, where were you? And he's like, oh, I, I just did 45 minutes on the Peloton. Take oh my easy. god. <laughs> well, he'll appreciate me saying this, but uh, he's certainly his father's son. <laughs> he always appreciates that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how to make a, I know how to make a compliment. <laughs> well, he uh, uh, let's see. Oh, oh, and also, he thought that this would help. He thought it would definitely help to get back into weightlifting before he's healed. <laughs> I mean, he what? thought like, I'll just go to a quick class. You know, I won't do it if it hurts. You know, I'll just do some mild weightlifting because that wow. is good for a torn cartilage. Wow! 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 <laughs> <laughs> for for a guy who's from a family of doctors, this does not sound like the, he's making the, the, the right medically uh, approved choices. I would definitely agree, but I think there's a good reason he's not one of them. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair, yes. Yeah. No, even bright, here. charming, capable person he is, I certainly wouldn't want him doing any type of procedure on me, come to think of it. So, absolutely. Yes, very true. Um, yes, he's over here giving me the uh, the eye, wondering what I'm, I'm telling you. But I had to out him for his poor um, health choices. Well, remind me if I ever meet Roland to, to keep uh, keep six, six feet away. I'll say, hey, I'm you sorry. You definitely. I'm, yeah. You definitely should. Definitely keep six feet away from Roland because he, yeah. he likes to – he likes to squeeze. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was it was uh, very tight when he did it to me. <laughs> I'll tell him, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm still, I'm st you know, I, I know it's, it's it's 2025, but I'm still under uh, COVID protocols. That's right. That's right. No hugs. <laughs> exactly. No hugs in six feet. Sorry. Oh, um, Justin also wanted me to tell you about our plane ride home, which was very exciting. Oh, please. Okay. Well, we are traveling with our three kids and uh, we get trapped on the New Jersey uh, tra tram, like there's like a train that you have to take from mm. the parking to the the uh, terminal. And Are you flying? So you're flying get... out of Newark, I assume. Newark, yes, we're flying out of Newark, yeah. and we had just enough time, like barely, barely <laughs> enough time. So we like drop off the car, get on the plane, or get on the little tram uh, train, and go over. And we are like the last uh, second to last stop, and we're ready to get off. Like we are perfect timing, and it doesn't open. 
Oh. Like, like we're trapped in the train. And the lady whose whole job, I assume, is to just make sure the train works, is just standing there. You know, it wow. didn't open. But whatevs. And we're like banging. We start to bang on the glass, like banging on the glass. Like, and there's like 10 people in there. I mean, we're tight, you know, like, let us out, let us out. And she's like, oh, let me just get on the phone. Wow. And then um, we end up going to the next stop, trapped. And then we're all trying to get off the car and tell the lady over there, like, we were trapped on this car. We got to get back on a different car. She's like, oh, no, just stay in this car. It'll go back. And we're like, we're not getting in that car. We're just trapped in there like rats. <laughs> so we got in this other car. We went back and we were able to get through. We get on the flight and there's a, a light out in the nose and there is a broken bathroom. So they say it's going to take 10 minutes, which means like 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And this guy is in charge of fixing the bathroom and he walks down the aisle with a full bucket of that like blue toilet liquid. Oh man. Like no top. You know, just sloshing around. <laughs> like, I hope I hope and, Seth, Seth didn't ask to drink it, did he? Oh god, he probably would have. I mean, it would like and and he did not care. If he got it on you, who he doesn't <laughs> care. Does not does not yeah. care. And so they fixed everything and they're like, okay, we're gonna go through our pre pre flight check again and then we can go. Well, during the pre-flight check, they found out the landing gear door doesn't close. Oh, man. So then they're like, we got to fix that. We're getting a, a landing gear expert in. And then like about 20 minutes go by and they're like, you know what? We just tried it again and it worked. So I think we're going to take off. And we're like, wait, did the landing gear expert come or not? Yeah. You yeah. Know, those, are, those are things you want to fix. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, we're not sure this plane is ever going. So then they, they said, wait, you know, we're going to get some bags uh, from the terminal. Some came since we were delayed, we're going to get those on. So they put those on the board and then they're like, oh, we're so sorry. The cargo door will now not close. What? So then they have to get I would want to be on a different plane at this point. Yes, we're like, this plane is going nowhere. Like, let yeah. us off the plane. So then they load up. They fix the cargo door. They go through the pre-flight again. And they're like, great, you're good to go. Well, now the uh, door to the actual cabin won't close. Holy cow. So then they have to fix that. <laughs> then they fix that, but then the handle sticking out, which you can't do. It has to be flush with the plane. So then they're like, okay, we're going to fix that. <laughs> Finally, everything works out two hours later. And I'm like, I can't believe we're going to take off in this, this uh, janky plane. And we take off and we hear screaming in the back, which is never good. I mean, no, it's <laughs> no. Screaming in the back. So then... We see a cat. A cat has gotten what? out on the plane in the ascent. We're going into the air. Everyone's buckled up. This cat is clawing its way up the aisle like uh -huh. this giant cat. And people are screaming like, my cat, my cat. And people are like, what? And the stewardess is like, don't get up. And the other lady's like, I have to get up. Don't get up. <laughs> and then you see all these people like, you see just all these heads popping up because this cat is going like underneath the seats. I mean, but if anybody's going to be be safe in a moving plane wandering around, it's a cat. I mean, cats are pretty cats are pretty capable people. Yeah, I mean, this cat was not. I mean, he was doing it. He was living his best life, right? Yeah. I mean, he was just like, I'm going to go like, wherever uh, I want to go. So yeah. the lady does get up in the ascent. Oh my god! And runs up the aisle. I'm like, this wow. lady's going to get wow. taken out, man. Yeah. So then she does. The stewardess gets up, and there's some commotion, and then she does get the cat and goes back to her seat. Wow. And then I, we flew home. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that, 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 that's a fantastic story. And I'm like, I, what an adventurous. That's a great wedding. I mean, that that makes it all worthwhile. I will. I'll tell you this just just quickly. Um, 
the one time I heard screaming in the back of the plane, and uh, you might have heard yeah. this story before. It was um, we were connecting out of Cincinnati, and it, coincidentally, other Eric's parents from Cincinnati just arrived here. But we were flying out of Cincinnati, and um, you know, and as as someone who's flown well over two million miles, I'm I'm up in first class on upgrades and stuff, and so we're sitting. And uh, during the ascent again, we suddenly we start hearing screams from the rear cabin, and you know, all of us snobby elitist first class people are looking at each other and sort of laughing we're like oh those second class people you know? <laughs> and uh but then what made it less funny is you know some of the flight attendants uh meander up front and they've got looks of panic on their face and that's not such a good thing no and so at which point the captain comes on and says you know folks this is your captain um for those of you in the rear of the cabin you might have noticed or we're the, the you know the, the plane you might have noticed that there are flames coming from both of our engines what and um so he says, you know, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, turn off the engines and jettison all of our fuel. And meanwhile, you know, my first thought is about the poor farmers and everyone below us, all this jet fuel landing on them. But I should oh. probably be thinking about myself as well a little bit. And by the way, <laughs> that's not a problem because jet fuel is so volatile. When you when you dump it, it evaporates almost immediately. Oh, wow. But, um, but anyway, then he's like, we, so I'm going to dump the fuel and then, and then I'm going to, we're going to glide. I'm going to do a, a 180 and we'll glide back to Cincinnati airport. And now all of us, you know, supposedly cool, calm, composed first class people are slightly freaking out too. We're like, okay, I know, I know a plane can glide somewhat, you know, but I don't know how far it can glide. Plus we're not that high yet. You know, if we were at full altitude, we'd have quite a long, you know, long way we could go, but we're, we, we only took off like, like, you know, five minutes earlier. Um, anyway, it was the weirdest thing. We do like this 180. The, the, the plane is completely silent except for, you know, the, the sobbing, uh, folk on board, but the plane itself, because we, because the engines are off, it was so oh, freaky being in a quiet, you know, you know, jetliner, And we just glide back to Cincinnati. Needless to say, when we get there, you know, there are fire engines up and down the, the runway and, um, you know, prepared for the worst, but fortunately, uh, great landing. Um, you know, every time Can we see land one of these... without engines. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out a plane, uh, you know, a commercial jetliner, the ratio between how, how far it can glide. So horizontal to vertical for every, you know, one unit vertical you drop, you can glide almost 18. Whoa. So yeah. That is so, the scariest story I've ever heard. It was pretty frightening, but I'll tell, okay, well this one you sort of know because you, you, you were, you were part of it. The, the other similar incident, well, not similar, but, but, but also, you know, again, as someone who's flown millions of miles, these are just two of the stories, but two of the, the most dramatic, I guess, and the ones that even as a frequent flyer kind of freaked me out a little bit. I, um, when we were meeting you guys in Kauai with my, with my folks, um, I had given them, you know, I got this great deal on some miles and I gave them first class seats and I was sitting in the rear cabin and it was a little ironic because they're not used to flying first class. And every once in a while I would sneak up and visit them and then I'd be the one being yelled at by the flight attendants to go back to your seat and, <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your section, and um, you know that's that's what it is, and 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 fun for them. But um, then we were uh, it's it's the you know it's it's ten at night, uh, it's pitch pitch black outside. We're coming into Kauai to land to see you guys, and then suddenly we're not. And the captain comes on and says, "Folks, you know this is the captain. For those of you who know the Hawaiian Islands, you you might have realized that we were in our final descent into Kauai." And then we, uh, you know, we, 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 we ascended some more and uh, leveled off and now and changed direction. And now we're heading towards Oahu. And I was like, what? And he goes, the reason for that is that the hydraulics on the brakes have gone out. 
And oh like, god. Oh my god. I mean, that's saying like you know, like that's like you with the, the the landing gear door, but this is where I mean, the brakes are out on the la- on you know on the plane. And but you're no in one. Flight. Yeah, and no, but no one else is um, no one else is reacting at all. Like I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like I, you know, who much more experienced flyer. I'm not. I'm not visibly reacting, but I'm. I'm a little freaked out. That doesn't sound good. And then he says the reason we're going to Oahu is because Honolulu has a longer runway. So, you know, that'll give us more more land, uh, uh, more ability to land using thrust reverses on the engines to slow us down. Oh and I'm like, God. oh, my God. And um, but no, 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 nothing for most people. So I go up front, you know, you know my parents are up just chatting and uh, I, I say to them, you know, you guys are remarkably calm. And they're like, yeah, why? Why? And I go, well, you know, in fact, you and everybody in the plane is really calm. And uh, and they're like, yeah. And I'm going, you know, the, the captain just told us the brakes are out on this plane. <laughs> and they're like, and my dad, you know, well, you remember my dad? He's like, uh, oh, is that what he meant? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I don't think, uh, well, I know I didn't understand. I don't know. I don't think anybody did. And I'm like, well, yeah, so I think I think people should, you know, no reason for alarm, but people should be more. I'm surprised people aren't more scared than they are. Needless to yeah. say, when we're in our final descent, we're, we're, you know, we have to go into brace positions, you know, where you lean forward and everything. And uh, there's spotlights all over the runway. There are, again, fire engines up and down the runway and they foam the runway in case there's fire and everything, you know. Whoa. Yeah, so that was uh, that was so that was the night before I saw you guys. Then we um, they put us up in this, you know. So that was super traumatic. And then they put us up yeah. in this, this crappy little motel under the the freeway in in Honolulu. Then we had to get up like a couple hours later to go, you know, take the the first flight out to uh, to Kauai, like you know, at five a.m. Um, we land. Like I'm wondering, like I know I was supposed to, you know, I'm I'm taking the helicopter ride and uh, with you guys, and uh, but I, I I'm trying to call Justin to see if like. I almost wanted to get out of it because I hadn't slept and it was pretty traumatic, but oh, I can't yeah. get hold of you guys. For some... So we drive all the way up to the resort from the airport. See you guys. And, you, and, and Justin's like, are you ready for the, you ready for the helicopter ride? And I'm like, well, and he says, get in the car. And then we drive back. <laughs> like, God damn it. I, I wish, well, I wish I just stayed at the airport, you know, given the circumstances, but it was just like, I, I couldn't believe, so I, you know, I didn't really sleep that night. Plus I had, certainly one of, if not the most traumatic, most dangerous, most um, near-death experience I'd had in my life hours earlier. Oh, my God. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That is the, oh, my God. I mean, that is the craziest fight. You just couldn't get away from the airport. No. No, I I couldn't believe it. I get, get, you know, I'm I'm on the north shore of Kauai and people, you know, sometimes people avoid that because it's so rainy, but we're we're staying at a lovely resort up there, all of us, and, uh, and, um, so I'm getting away from the airport, you know, going from this small airport into the most rural of of, of, of towns in, in Hawaii. And then suddenly I'm back at the airport and then I'm back in the air. And, you know, the helicopter ride was exhilarating and it was awesome seeing all the stuff and the rainiest place in the world and Jurassic Park and all that. But I was so tired. I mean, I was just thinking oh, to myself man. the whole time I was thinking, I wish we could do this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. So those were those were my two. Uh, I mean, I have tons of other airplane stories you can imagine, but those those were the those were the two potentially most dangerous. I would say those are epic. I mean, yeah. seriously epic. Well, Justin is uh, giving me a flag, and he's telling me that I should wrap up the show. <laughs> well, please, you want to take us out? Thank you so much for listening to Sweetness and Light, featuring Kelly Monahan Proust. <laughs> <laughs>
So yeah. and and her family. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to us. I sound ridiculous. I'm going to leave this podcasting to you guys. <laughs> Hardly. You're you're a natural. Uh, yeah, just hit it, hit 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 exit, and I guess uh, we're done here. That's a wrap. Okay, now now everyone, in the, uh, all our audience is hearing the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Eric.